Today's reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, the resurrection. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and on the third day rise. They remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the word of God. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Redemption Church. Um, I invite you to pray one last time with me before we hear the sermon. Father, I pray that you would help us uh, to understand your word this morning, that we would uh, gaze into your holy scripture and understand um, what these women found at first perplexing and what Peter marveled at, that you would open our shackled eyes um, and unchain them uh, that we might be able to be set free and see the risen Christ in your scripture. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so I see uh, many new faces today and uh, we, are, we are really happy to have uh, many of you here. Welcome to Redemption. Um, I'm uh, the lead pastor of the church and you already had a chance to, to uh, meet uh, one of our other pastors, Adam. Um, but today is a, a very special day uh, in, in the, across uh, the, the whole world. Uh, churches kind of, they, they pause and they take a moment to reflect on what the resurrection of Christ means uh, today. And so uh, it's, it's known as Easter. I'm sure many people know what Easter uh, means and, and have heard of that before. Um, but this is a time for us to reflect on an event that changed the world forever. It's a, it's, a, it's a cosmic event. It's something that happened that, that is, is ex, extremely life-changing. And so today we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Now, many people mistake uh, resuscitation for resurrection. And I just wanted to, before jumping into anything, wanted to explain that really quick. Um, so that somebody dies and their body's restored. But a, a resurrection is not like that. A resurrection is is not just restoring what's damaged, but it's putting on immortality, where the body cannot ever die again. And so that's what we're talking about when we say resurrection, uh, just for clarity. So anyway, for, for Easter, uh, pastors will often focus on addressing uh, concerns that uh, people have about the resurrection. Um, in a, about two years ago, I gave a sermon uh, highlighting seven of the common objections to myths that, that people have uh, about the resurrection. And t today, I'm not going to do that. 
I'm not going to focus on that. Instead, what I wanted to focus on uh, from Luke, from Luke's gospel, is, is an account where it's not the Jews and it's not the Romans who doubted the resurrection of Jesus. What we find is actually the first and earliest Christians doubted the resurrection of Jesus. I find that really fascinating. Some of the first and earliest Christian witnesses doubted the resurrection. And the power in hearing that is, I think, this, that resurrections do not ordinarily happen. A resurrection is not a common thing. Um, and the power, that's the power of, of hearing it. So, so, of course, a resurrection sounds like crazy talk. It sounds like an idle myth. Uh, it sounds like a fairy tale. And uh, some kind of fantasy that a man would rise from the dead. Everybody agrees on this point that resurrections do not normally happen. And so let's read again uh, from Luke's account. Uh, really quick, Luke was a historian. He recorded to us, for, uh, for us, um, how Christians responded to the news of resurrection and from it, I, I want to focus in on two things this morning just to help you follow along. We're going to first talk about doubt on the one hand, and then we'll turn and we'll look at faith. So let's read Luke 24 one more time. Verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb. <clears throat> Taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone rolled back away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Gal Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words, and returning to the, from the tomb, they all told these things to the eleven and to the, all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Okay, so it's, it's Sunday morning. Sunday, you know, Easter morning is here. Several women, they go to the tomb uh, where Jesus was buried. Their names were Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James and Jesus, and some other women. Joanna is mentioned too. Uh, Salami, uh, other women, and other gospel accounts, they're not. Those are just the, the, some other women. They're all they're right there, unnamed women in this gospel. And so they go and they put spices on the body of Jesus. Spices to finish his burial rites. And they get to the tomb. The stone is, is, is rolled back. They go inside. There's no body of Jesus. The body is gone. I mean, can you imagine what that may have been like to, to go into a tomb, find it empty. They expect to see a corpse, but the body's gone, missing. And instead, they're, they're told by these angelic figures, he's not here, he is risen. It shouldn't have surprised them, as the dazzling men remind them that Jesus told them, remember, remember how he told you that on the third day he would rise. The Son of Man must be delivered, right? Those were the words of, of Jesus to them not that long before. They should have expected, anticipated resurrection. But did anybody believe Jesus' words? 
No. Nobody believed his words. Nobody remembered these words until now. How do I know that? Because the women show up with spices for a dead guy. Show up with spices to finish the burial rites. They didn't come anticipating resurrection. They came expecting to see death. The spices to, also for the smell, the stench of death, the sting of death. They came, I think, a little bit full of doubt. None of them, not the disciples, not the women, expected for the tomb to be empty. And so I think it's, it's so fascinating how Luke accounts, how he records this for us. And he admits the fault of the disciples and the women. The first and earliest Christians, they doubted the words of Jesus. They did not believe the words of Jesus, the words of the Christ. Now, what kind of religion displays weakness like that? Um, when I, you know, studying uh, uh, Mormonism or Islam, you know, you hear of the great heroes. You hear of the great Muhammad, the great prophet. You hear the great Joseph Smith. And yet here, what we find is not strength, but a tale of weakness. That's interesting, isn't it? Look, the resurrection of Christ is as impossible for the first disciples to believe as it is for many of us to believe today. It's an impossible event to, to believe. Nobody believed in resurrections. The Greeks did not. Uh, they believed that the, the soul was immortal, but the body was not. The Jews, out of the Jews, there were many different religious sects. We've been talking about that in uh, the Gospel of Mark, but one of them is, is the Pharisees. And they're the only group that believed in resurrections. But, if, but they didn't believe in, in individual, that an individual would be raised from the dead. They just believed in a general resurrection, that everyone will be raised at some point. So, so resurrections don't normally happen. People from the first century were not dumber than we are. They had no reason to believe in resurrections like we have no reason. They don't normally happen. And so the women remember what Jesus said. They go running to tell the disciples, verse 8 and 9. They say to the disciples, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed and all that Christian stuff, right? They go on. He is, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And what do the disciples go? What do they say? They say, he's risen indeed. Hurrah. They post that on Facebook. No, they don't. They, they say, no way. He's not risen. Uh, you guys are... are the, the apostles, right? The, the very founders of the Christian faith. The mighty men of, of, of faith. Say what? Verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. That St. Peter, that St. James, that St. John, that St. Matthew, right? All these great men of faith. At first, they believed it was an idle tale. I think that's fascinating if you ever studied religion. If Luke and if, if uh, the earliest Christians were making this up, if they were making this story up to get the Christian movement launched, uh, Christ, sorry, the Christian movement launched and started, they would never have put woman, women into the story as the first witnesses to the tomb. Why is that? Because in the first century, nobody trusted the testimony of women. For example, one Greek philosopher named Celsus, he was a guy who lived in the second century. Uh, he, 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 uh, com he so often wrote against, he, he hated Christians, right? So uh, 
he said this. He said, uh, Christianity can't be true because the resurrection is based on the accounts of women. Any women insulted right now? You should be. But in this ancient culture, a woman's testimony wasn't even allowable in court. It wasn't to be trusted. Uh, People viewed women as less reliable and more hysterical than men. And so, yet... Luke reports, what does he say? He he tells us that it was women who first found the tomb empty. If you and I were making up religion, right, we were starting a religion, we'd probably start with the strongest footing possible, right? If I was making this up, I would be like, all right, the the men found the tomb, and it wasn't just any men. It was Pilate, and then there was was that other guy, you know, who who wanted uh, uh, Caiaphas, uh, the Romans, the Roman soldiers that crucified him, those guys, they showed up and they believed, right? I would like really build this up, make it super strong and mighty. And that's not what we see. That's not the account that we have here. What we find is the, the opposite. And I think that's how we can, exactly, that's how we can know that this is real history. That this is a story that is actually true. That it happened. Notice that it was Christian witnesses who first admit that all of this sounds like an idle tale. The earliest Christian witnesses, they did not believe the women who claimed Jesus rose from the dead. Um, You know, today you might be full of doubt and skepticism. That might be where you're at right now. You You might be full of so many questions about this whole Christianity thing. And yet today on Easter morning, you're here. You got up out of bed left St. Matrice, you know, the Catholic Church of the Bed, and uh, came to this church. You got up, you made it here, and, uh, and you're here, and, and showed up to check things out just to see. Look, you're not alone in your doubts. In fact, this morning, you're in good company, because the first and earliest Christians doubted the resurrection. Like, you might be doubting right now. You might be skeptical. And it took them a while before they believed. Um, I did. I mean, I, I went through a long season in my own uh, testimony, in my own journey, a long season of doubting, of disbelieving, of kind of on this quest, of looking at all the religions and all the different philo- philosophical um, <coughs> theories and, and trying to find what is, you know, what is truth on this quest, like Pilate says, what is truth? And um, how do I make sense of the world around me? And the, the only way that made sense of the world around me, of, of death and evil, the only religion that preached a different message than all the other world religions was Christianity. So eventually I became a Christian. I became what I did not want to become. And maybe that's happening to you. Maybe that's starting to happen. Maybe you're starting to leave those questions of doubt and you're starting to maybe believe a little bit. I hope that's happening. So we've talked about doubt. Let's look at the second thing, faith. Look at verse 12 with me. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Now when we first read that, we might walk away thinking that Peter left that tomb full of great faith. That might be where we're thinking. Uh, But what's interesting about it is he goes home only marveling at what happened. 
The scripture doesn't say he went home believing at what had happened. He just went home marveling at what happened. Right? He didn't believe yet anyway. I think that's intriguing that the founders of Christianity all did not believe right away. They were unbelievers first before they were believers. Doubters and skeptics. And I mean, that's the interesting thing about faith is that faith really, it, it takes time to grow, to trust, to learn, to study. You might, meet, you might need more time. You might meet, need more, a lot more time to process, to understand things. And, and I really, um, this morning, wanted to just have an open invitation. If you are questioning things, if you're, if you're wrestling with some, some uh, profound questions about Christianity or you have any uh, serious questions um, or, or some personal questions, uh, please find me, uh, find one of the other pastors at this church or an elder and talk to us. We'd ha- be happy to walk you through um, your doubts, your questions. Peter eventually did believe, uh, so did the other apostles, but it took them time. It's possible today to walk away marveling at how great a church service was. It's possible, but do you believe it? A lot of people walk out of church still not believing in their hearts that it's true. So will you walk out of these doors marveling like Peter, leaving the empty tomb, still not yet believing, or will you leave like the women who believed and remembered what Jesus had told them? So Christianity is true. Jesus was raised 2,000 years ago on what we now call Easter Sunday. It's not an idle tale. One reason it's not an idle tale is because of the credibility of the story. So it's a real account where real people react differently to the same event. The tomb's empty, and yet some people believe that it's empty for the resurrection. Others believe that it's empty for different reasons. And that's true history, if we think about it. For example... Ask different people what they believe about the Holocaust. Dare you to do that. Ask if somebody believes, uh, ask if a, a young person today believes that the Holocaust happened. In spite of the fact that there is so much evidence, there's still living proof, right, that the Holocaust happened. There's video footage. You can go to different sites and see where everything happened. Despite all of that, people still Doubt the Holocaust. It's insane. And it just proves that evidence is never the issue. The heart is. The heart is the issue. But it's a credible story, though. Luke names all of the women who found the missing body of Jesus. Essentially, at least they found that the body was missing. And, and, and it's as a historian, by writing down the actual names of these women, we're being told that this is an historical account. It's not a legend. It's not an idle tale. It's not a myth. Luke wants us to know that these are factual people, actual people. They were women who, were, who would have been alive at the time of Mark's, uh, Luke's gospel. Sorry. I'm in the gospel of Mark, and so I keep wanting to say Mark, just F, FYI. Okay. Um, but we're, we're on a break right now. We're, this is Easter Sunday, right? So Luke, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, by writing down their names, he's saying, whoever reads this document, like, go and talk to 
Mary, the mother, you know, go and talk to Mary Magdalene. Go find this person and corroborate. Check this out. You will see that this is true. This is true history. They were living, breathing witnesses of Christ's resurrection from the dead. Now, another thing is, at a time when women's voices were marginalized, a time when women's voices did not matter, what Christianity preaches to us is that the voice of the voiceless matters a great deal. That women's voice does matter. It was actually women who first found that the tomb was empty and they reported this good news to the rest of the unbelieving world. How amazing is that? Just to see that God loves women way before it was popular and cool to say that, by the way, way before 2018. God loves women. God loves his creation. He created us both male and female, each distinctly different, yet unique, beautiful, and really good. Christianity preaches a message that values everyone, all people. Um, just to pause for a second, I'm, I'm super thankful for all the women, all the, all the women at our church who um, constantly serve alongside and lead alongside us, us men at Redemption. Um, we're so thankful. I mean, I, I see Amy out there right now cleaning up some things. Um, just uh, the amazing servant leaders that we have at our, at our church. Our, our church is so much more nurturing, so much more caring and loving and, and beautiful because we work together. Um, that's how God is, wants it to be. Church is a family that we need one another. But so, so Jesus rose from the dead. He's not here, he has risen. How do I know that for sure? I want to just share three, three quick things with you. Um, some reasons. First, we know that the tomb for a fact was empty. It was an empty tomb. Now this is undisputable, uh, this is an undisputed fact that both Christians and non-Christians accept. Um, Non-Christian historical documents say. So it's undisputed that Jesus of Nazareth, he was a real person who lived, was crucified, died, and was buried in a tomb. And you can check out Christian sources so the gospel accounts, you can see a Jewish source, the historian Josephus. You can talk, talk to the Romans, so Pliny the Younger. If you've had Pliny the Elder beer, you know, you know where to find Pliny the Younger, right? So nobody, okay. And the Jewish Talmud, the Jewish Talmud is another source. Um, but three days after the, the death of Jesus, his tomb was empty. They're, these are undisputed facts. The tomb is empty. Why is it empty? Now, I'm not going to take time right now to, to say all the, all, the, all the reasons, but the, 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 the theory that accounts for all of the details in the best way possible is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that he, he was raised from the dead. But second, uh, I know that real people saw Jesus alive after Easter Sunday. So the Apostle Paul makes this long list of people who not only saw but who even touched Jesus in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, he lays out, you know, most of them are still alive. He's like, same thing as Luke. Check these other sources. Look into it. Investigate. Because you're going to find that this is true. He claims that people saw the risen Christ. Acts 1 tells, tells, uh, tells us for 40 days Jesus appeared to different groups of people. And I think what's so credible about Paul's testimony in, in, in 1 Corinthians is that any of his readers at that time could have walked over and tapped somebody, one of the 500 witnesses on the shoulder and said, hey, is this true, man? <laughs> like this whole Jesus thing? 
rising from the dead and all that stuff? And, and they would have said, it's true. Third, I know that the cowardly disciples became bold Christ followers. Cowards who ran at Calvary. Think about that. They fled, man. They fled for their lives. They were, in, they were fearful. All of the original disciples, the apostles, they, they ended up being murdered or banished for their faith in Christ. The same group of people who had fled and scattered all of a sudden became bold Christ followers. Some died awful deaths. Um, Peter, for example, he was said to have been crucified on an upside-down cross. Many of the others uh, horribly murdered. You don't do that to cover up a lie. You don't do that to defend an idle tale. You do that because this is the truth. It happened. And so Jesus is risen from the dead. This truth's not just good news for whoever, whoever believes it individually. It's good news for the whole world. It's a cosmic news. It's good news for the world. It's a truth that is of eternal importance. I love how one pastor put it. He said, it's the hinge upon which the story of the world pivots. <clears throat> and the story is life-changing because it's true. It changes our lives because of the fact that it's true. It has to be true to be life-changing. It can't be a myth. And the truth is, this world that we live in is full. It's just, it's just a really messed up world, frankly. It's messed up. There's darkness all over the place. You can watch the news. You can talk to our, our, our friends who are in law enforcement. You can um, uh, hear about all the evils that people do every day. You can read about the Holocaust. There's darkness even within. Uh, examine your own heart. Do you always think good thoughts? Or does evil spring up in your heart sometimes and you have that wicked thought that you might want to, you know, you do better without somebody around? that that might spring up in your heart, the, the wickedness inside. Well, God takes evil and sin seriously. He says we can't save or we can't fix ourselves. And only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus dying on a cross and rising from the dead can fix the problem of this great darkness that otherwise would consume everybody in the whole world. And so each of us, you were made to love God but because of sin and evil, you haven't loved him. He's done everything to get you back. He went to the cross to do that. And on the cross, he swallowed your darkness. He drank your evil so that you could put on light and goodness and beauty and truth. If you believe that message, there's hope for you in the gospel of Jesus. There's hope for you for your future and for right now. Not just the future, not just looking out, but there's hope even today. That life's going to get better and better. That not even death can destroy you or dim your darkest moment, your darkest pain, your deepest secret. Because the end of the story is already written and it says joy. It says hope. It says love. Jesus has won and in him you've won too. He was accepted and in him you're accepted and you're loved too by faith. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, death has been swallowed up in victory. The darkest day of human history on Good Friday has been exchanged for a marvelous light on Easter Sunday. All because of the resurrection of Christ. And make no mistake, this is not an idle tale. 
It's not an idle tale. It is truth. It happened. So the question for each of us is, do we believe it? Are we going to marvel and walk away? Or will we believe it, that it's true? Was Jesus crucified and risen for you? Believe it. And he was crucified and raised for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your good news uh, that Jesus has done it. That all that the law required of us, Christ has satisfied. That he has accomplished it. That on the cross he said it is finished and he meant it and he did it. And Father, because he did it, through faith in him, for each of us who believe in this message, the pressure is now off. We don't have to perform anymore. We don't have to try to win your approval. Look, Father, what we did. Look at what we did today. Look at my list. For you've already done it in Jesus. That pressure's off. It's finished. Father, that is good news. We thank you for that good news. We thank you that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I pray, Father, that many of us would walk away believing Only you can do that in our hearts. We're stubborn. We resist as much as possible. But Father, bend and break us so that you can heal us, Emmanuel. Amen.